0: Boom. Uh, yeah, this is the Love first time it, that uh, I've actually recorded a podcast in the kitchen. So uh, Mike and I actually go quite a ways back. We'll probably get into that story a little bit. But I met Mike. Mike, when did we meet? Had to been 2000. Yeah. Because that's when I moved
1: up to Elko, Nevada. Yeah, that's and, crazy. And yeah, started going to church right away up there. And that's where we met, hung out
0: for four years and then uh, came back home to Arizona. Yeah, it's good stuff. So yeah, I've, I've known Mike for quite a while and um, I'm not sure what all we're going to get into today, but it's uh, quite <laughs> a ride, quite a story. Um, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see where this conversation leads us. And yeah, I think you're just going to, I think you're going to enjoy it. So Mike, thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's an honor and a
0: privilege. Yeah. So before we get into whatever we're going to get into, um, we're going to ask the questions that we always ask. So who's had the greatest impact on your life, Mike?
1: That's, that's a really good question, and I answer that question in so many different ways. You know, first and foremost is, you know, I read the Bible a ton, and yeah, that's my faith, that's my belief, that's my beacon, and so, you know, just uh, those, it's those amazing words from God Almighty and has had an amazing influence on me, and again, that's my guiding light, and, and here on earth was my grandfather He passed away in 97 of cancer young man he was 58 at the time and so in his you know very very short life he was able to impart so much on me and and i carry his last name to this day and so i would say you know he's another one you know but you know with with god you know it's a faith thing and yeah, I hear and talk with them every single day, but it's a different type of voice. And obviously my grandfather's in the grave and, and I still conversate with him as well. But again, it's on that supernatural level. And today, you know, one of the things that I, I really force myself to do is surround myself with the right people mm-hmm. to just help guide me through whatever I'm going through or help guide me in achieving whatever I need to achieve. And so... Um, I'm super protective over my circle, who I let in, the influences I let in, whether it's music or podcasts or books, friends, family, whatever the case may be. Because I know I've experienced firsthand what it's like when you're not protective and when the wrong influences get into your life, it can really mess things up. So, uh, you know, right now, um, you know, I'm chewing on a lot of uh, Naval, who you had turned me on to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think his words of wisdom are just phenomenal. And so right now I'm chewing on a lot of that. Uh, just like most people, I think uh, Gary Vee is someone that's highly entertaining at the same time, uh, highly enlightening as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been chewing on that for a few years now. But um, I'm always trying to find the the right influencers out there that are going to serve me on my mission, you know, help me to better serve my tribe, better serve my family. And while I've been exposed to literally hundreds of amazing people, um, not everyone's for me. And yeah. so uh, those are a couple of names. And uh, um, another big one that uh, thankfully has uh, come back into my world is uh, this guy named Mike Ayala.
0: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I really do. And You know, and that reciprocates. We'll get into this a little bit, but Mike uh, Balthazar was probably one of the first greatest influences in my life too. So um, yeah, it'll 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 be cool. So cheers to that. Cheers to that. Yeah, it's cool to be sitting here and having this conversation. So you know, I don't know where this is going to go today, but you know, it might be a little different than any other podcast, and they usually are. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what do you think that would be? Wow. The one thing
1: that that's a, that's a great question. And, and I know that I, I answered your assistant, uh, one way, but I, I swear every time I get asked a question like this, I answered so many different ways. Yeah. You know, I think the, the one human element, life element that, um, has had the best impact on me is just that taste of failure Mm. really Uh, of course that's not one event that's something that you know comes around you know quite a bit obviously and and i I love it because it helps me to perfect whatever i'm trying to perfect or sometimes just get rid of the stuff that maybe doesn't even belong there but i would say that you know my shining moment the thing that really um has given my life new meaning is when i married my wife Mm. And for me, that was my second marriage. And, um, you know, I had a lot of uh, guilt that I had been carrying for years. I never thought I was going to get married again. And when I met my soulmate, when I met that person that fulfilled me, completed me, and, and I knew almost right away, that really helped give me added meaning to a life that I already had very meaningful because I had some amazing kids in my life and I had some amazing achievements that I was already um, in the middle of and coming from and, and headed towards. And so, you know, once I had uh, all my ducks in a row with the absence of that, uh, some, you know, that special someone, um, you know, she came in unexpectedly and that was in 2009 and my life has been truly magical ever since.
0: That's cool. So I may have missed the... Um the lesson in that. So I want to, and again, if I did, um, that's fine. But so what you talked about taste of failure and then some guilt (laughs) and you know, your, your wife coming in. So, so what was, um, what, what is it that what's the one thing that's had the greatest impact on your success?
1: I think it's just having that blind faith that it's going to turn out Okay, as long as I can get my heart right, Um, you know, time and time again, you know, we're making mistakes here and there, sometimes repeatedly Mm. and just being able to just, you know, do some soul searching and just knowing that, uh, you know, I'm the root of the problem Mm. and I need to figure out, you know, where it's coming from, why it's happening. And so, you know, for me, it was just um, a, a growing process, a learning process. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people got hurt along the way. And, and I own that and I learn from that. And at the same time, though, it's, it's helped, me, helped me to better appreciate uh, life and opportunities and myself and second chances and being able to pay it forward to others, whether it's by sharing my story with them or encouraging them or lifting them up or just, you know, if they screw me over, just being able to forgive them and, and, and move on and, and, and not be able to not, ha- not have to carry the hate basically, you know, with me. I think that's one of the things that, one of the gifts that God's really blessed me with is just the ability to um, not sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. and and really be able to focus on
0: the stuff that really matters. You know, I've known you for a long time and um, I would say that our relationship's gone to a deeper level over the last couple years, but really more so this year. Um, And it feels like you know it feels like a year or two, but I think it's just really been the last few months that um, we've really reconnected on a on a much deeper level. But the one thing that I um appreciate about you and that I've really paid attention to is i don't I don't really ever and you were just alluding to this, and I want to point it out, and then I have some questions that I'll probably ask you about it later if we have some time, but I don't really see you spending a lot of time or hear you spending a lot of time blaming or projecting outward or everything like you just own it man it's like i did this i screwed up there and i'm working through it like was that intentional is that something you've always done how did, how did you work through it? like
1: you know that, that that's a great question I'm, and i'm glad you're able to identify cuz i think that's something that we could totally pay for to your tribe and, and 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 what it is for me is that what started off as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. um ended up just being an amazing life hack for me, Hmm. you know, I think, you know, most people naturally just kind of just run away from the problems or not uh, or try to ignore it or sweep it under the rug, uh, not take ownership or responsibility for their actions. And so and and, and I was guilty of that as well. But one of the really cool things that uh, I just got through uh, prayer meditation, just growth experiences, um, screwing up a ton is that it was so much more fulfilling and rewarding when I just took full ownership of it. Mm. And, uh, you know, let people know that even if it was their mistake, just letting them know that, hey, you know, what, this one's on me, I'll take I'll take this one, I'll take one for the team. And just being able to just have full extreme ownership of uh, my actions, my world, my circle, so to speak. And it made Everything else just so much easier. And, it, and supernaturally, just things would fall into place. And so for me, it's like, dude, when you're owning it and taking full responsibility for it and, and sincere about it, then life's more fun. Things fall into place. The, the people that don't belong in your world are going to let themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to stick around. You know, they're not going to weigh you down. And so just by you know, process of a nation as time goes on, the the right stuff sticks, the right people stick. And for me, being able to sleep at night with a clear conscience, because you know what, I didn't BS anyone. I didn't screw anyone. Um, I owned it. If I made a mistake, they were fully aware of it. So for me, it it was just um, a coping mechanism. So that way I didn't feel guilty or bad or yucky. And so for me, it was a a really selfish move because I didn't want to feel that way. But then when it was being a, a good role model example to others of how to take extreme ownership and to, you know, lead by example and to be a good leader and mentor and coach, then it's just like, dude, there it is.
0: Yeah, that's so good. You know, everything you're saying, it, remi- it Last yesterday, um, it was last night, Carol was talking about, um, you know, when you walk into a dark room, you don't, you don't drive the darkness out of the room by turning on the dark. You, <laughs> you drive the darkness out of the room by turning on the light. And what you just said reminded me of something she was talking about last night because she said, she said that, like, a lot of people want to, you know, return hate with more hate. Mm. They want to drive out darkness or they want to, they think that when something dark has happened to them by doing something dark back to someone, it makes it right or light, for instance, you know? And I just love the way that she put it back into like a, just a natural like terminology. You don't, you don't turn on the dark switch to turn on the dark or (laughs) to get, you know, to get rid of the dark, you turn on the light switch, you bring light to it. And the perspective that you're just giving in that is like so valuable to that because what started out as a coping mechanism, as you said, um, turned into, you know, some bigger reality for you. And I've watched you with this. Like, there's just no blame. There's no, you know, it's all internal with you. You're looking at, you know, what you, there's such a valuable lesson in this too, because just bringing it back to what Kara said, there's so much going on in the world right now. Um, you know, but I don't want to get into the weeds on what it all is, but there, there's so much hate going on. And people think that by hating on those who are haters, like we're going to get somewhere with <laughs> this. And really what we have to do is show up with light and, and be a higher version of people mm. and just look at, you know, what can I do about this so situation? Good. And I love everything that I'm hearing you say, because to me, that is you shining light, not only on your own bullshit or, you know, darkness in your world, but externally as well, because we can't control other people. And I think we spend so much time, whether it's in business you know, whether it's, uh, you know, employees or whether it's vendors or, you know, you're in the mortgage industry, you know, trying to get people to sign off on loans or what, like we just spend so much time and energy trying to get, uh, to control things, you know, trying to control things in our life. And what I heard you say is, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but just lean into it, you know, just, um, in like the process, just let the process happen and figure it out. So love it.
1: No, totally. And, you know, and you were, you know, Sharing all of that, it just reminded me of my my kids. I have a four-year-old, six-year-old, ten-year-old, and, you know, someone does something, hits them, takes a toy what do the kids want to respond with? I want to hit them. Mm -hmm. I want to make them hurt. And and you're right. I think that's just something that we're born with. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, because my kids are great. They're innocent. They got good hearts, but you know, kids, they're humans. They have those natural tendencies. And so I think that's the one thing that really separates, you know, the the winners from the losers is, you know, how can you hold yourself to a higher standard when no one's looking Mm -hmm. and, and, and not to serve others, not to look good to others, but just to be a better version of yourself, just to feel good inside. And, and again, that's, one of the things i kind of just learned you know by you know process of a nation or trial and error is that you know i felt better about myself when i just took Mm -hmm. that full ownership and that's one of the things i try to preach and teach to others is you know try it out yeah you know try you know try to ignore the excuse you know try to avoid the excuses Mm -hmm. and lean into it and just uh, own own it own it it doesn't matter if someone else did it or not just take full ownership of everything and, and just see the magic unfold, yeah. you know, just see just the, 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 freedom that gets released. And, um, for me, I think it's a lot of it supernatural, but, um, you know, if it works,
0: you can't knock it. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, even on the supernatural front, like we have to take the step into that realm. And, and I think so many times people, um, I think some of this is so simple that we can't absorb it. You know, one of my mentors, Barry Liparelli, who was, on the episode a while back. I think you actually, do you know Barry? I think you might know him.
1: I remember his real estate company. I
0: spoke with him a few times. Yeah. So he always says this, like just, (laughs) it's the simplest phrase in the world. Get off your can, do what you can, and can the rest. Boom. And and, like, it's funny because I can't tell you how many times the little sayings that this guy has shared with (laughs) me have had such deep impact in my life. And then I tell somebody else this huge like impactful statement of, get off your can, do what you can, can the rest, and they just kind of look at me like, oh, what the hell is that? Like, that's not some, you know, philosophical 12-word sentence. <laughs> it's not. But the reality is I think some of this is so simple, like even what you're talking about. Quit with the excuses. Well, like, w- really, what what good does it do us to look externally and try to control other people? Things, things in our life, you know, just even the serenity prayer, which I don't know exactly how it goes, but, you know, grant me the wisdom to Um, accept the things I can't change and whatever however it goes it doesn't really matter but I think there's so much wisdom in that and that's when the supernatural can really start happening so Mm. I think people don't go get over into the supernatural world or realm and great things don't start happening to them because they think it's so complicated that they have to go up like you know be a Buddhist monk in a monastery for 30 days to get spiritual and the reality is is when you just turn on the light switch Mm. darkness flees and that's when supernatural stuff happens in your world totally
1: Totally. And for me it's it's a little bit like a game because I challenge myself to just go against the easy. Yeah. It's it's it that's what I was telling someone yesterday is it's easy to take the easy way out Mm. you know it's hard to challenge yourself or hold yourself to a higher standard especially when no one's looking and so you know that's one of the things that i do as like a form of a game is i'll you know if i'm in my prayer meditation you know my visualization stage in the morning um i'll i'll ask myself okay you're gonna get weak today you can take the easy way out today you know just kind of talking shit to myself and it's like no I'm gonna step up, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna have some fun. So just watch, just watch me. And so I think, you know, for me, it becomes fun, it becomes a game, you know, because if I do have a vulnerable moment at some point in the day where I wanna take the easy way out or remind myself of that conversation I had that morning and that challenge that I took that morning. And so again, it's just one of those um, weird things that that I do that I try to teach and preach to others that just works, it's fun.
0: I love just listening to, you know, what you're saying. And I think that, you know, I, I think a lot of people out there in the world, you know, they hear prayer, meditation, quiet time, journaling, whatever it is that are people's practice. Like most successful people have some form of practice that evolves over time. And I think a lot of people that don't have a practice, they look back at that and they're like, well, what is like spending 10 minutes journaling or what does, you know, spend 10 minutes in prayer or meditation? Like, what does that do to, well, for me? and i almost said what does that do to me and and actually those are both like valid <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know comments but what it does for us and i'd love to get your thoughts on this it does exactly what you started out with it gets us focusing internally whether i'm journaling about my thoughts whether i'm spending time in prayer and meditation it it shuts off the outer world it's not it's no longer about everybody else in the world it's about dealing with my inner demons it's about mm. dealing with my inner thoughts and and all of that stuff. And so I love just listening. You started off with saying by, you know, you just spend a lot of time looking internally. It's like, what did Mike have uh, the very first thing that you talked about? You know, it's just, it's literally just looking internal. I circled it. Cause you said it's, it's about looking internal and not external. And I think if we take nothing else away from today, that could be the most impactful devi- uh, device. <laughs> it could be a device advice that anybody could ever like absorb. If, if we just look internal instead of external in every situation, there's probably the majority of the solution lies right there.
1: Totally. I, I believe every person has the answer to their own problems inside. Mm. You know, a lot of people come to me, advice in one fashion or another, and all I'm doing is asking them questions so I could dig out the answers from inside of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I, I do with myself every single morning is, uh, I, again, like I was just saying, I, I challenge myself. I do the, the the prayer meditation, the visualization, you know, during, you know, exercise or walking or driving, you know, just always just kind of just playing out the game, you know, and what, what am I doing? How does it look? How would I respond with this, that, or the other? And so for me, it, it's just leading by example, And the first person that I'm trying to coach, mentor, and lead is myself. Mm. And just stay out of my way, just be on the right path. And it's easier said than done, obviously. And but um, you know, if it, if it works, you can't knock it. But I, I agree with you 110 percent. You know, on something that you said a few minutes ago, you know, about being that being that light instead of being that that darkness. You know, sometimes you know when we shine our light, it's going to blind others, and they're not going to like it. You know, they're going to try to, you know, kind of dim the lights, so to speak. Britt just did a really cool post the other day about that, and. You know, when I do get that that kind of um, attack, for the lack of a better term, when I get those type of attacks or those people trying to come at me with that, it just for me, I respond with just trying to shine even brighter. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get rid of these people, you know, let's get rid of these roaches, you know, let's just turn that light on. Let's just let, make them scatter and then be and then knowing that all the while, while I'm staying true to myself, my beliefs, who I am, who I want to be, um, attracting the the right people mm-hmm. that not only needs you to show them, to teach them, to coach them, to mentor them, but then they also have something for me. Yeah. You know, and and I'm not talking about money or things. I'm just talking about words of wisdom or encouragement or just an idea or a thought. Or maybe they have a gift or a talent that's just going to just jive perfectly with my world or where I'm at in my walk. And when that stuff unfolds and and it's happening at a really rapid pace for me and my life and my wife and our family right now, when that stuff happens, it's it's amazing. Mm. It's, It's more than fun. I mean, it's just ecstatic, really.
0: That's really cool, man. That's awesome. What is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Have fun. Have fun. You know, it,
1: it, it kind of gets uh, a, little, a little redundant because that's one of the things that I circle back to every single time. And, and it, it's have fun. And what I tell my, my team members, the people that I coach and mentor, what I tell my wife and kids is just make sure that you're having fun at all times. And yeah, are there some things that we have to do um, that aren't fun? Absolutely. But, you know, just, just make it a game. Challenge yourself to grow with whatever you're dealing with and, and have fun with that adversity. You know, just put a positive twist to it. Lean into it. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was talking with someone a few days ago who had suffered a loss of a parent and had to tend to it mm. and and this individual, um, very successful, but he has a business that's been built around him. So because he was absent. There was a loss of income. Mm. There was a loss of relationships. The business basically was crumbling, you know, with the two or three weeks that he was dealing with a sick parent and then eventually losing and the parent and then having to plan their funeral and, and whatnot. And so, you know, one of the things that I had encouraged him with is this, is, you know, let the people that are walking away from you in this time, in this season, uh, letting you down or just whatever the case may be, let them go. You know, be kind to them on the way out. Let them know they can't come back in, though. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but trust that because you put your best foot forward, you kept your head up, you kept your integrity, your heart's pure, there's nothing dark, that you're going to get it back Mm -hmm. tenfold. So just believe that. Just know that. It's going to happen. And so I think for this individual, um, because he's seen me enough, do it enough times, experience extreme adversity, uh, experience unfairness, uh, just things outside of my control, and, and, and how, just like you said earlier, just how I, I just don't let those things get me down, lean into it, mm-hmm. and just see how it does get redeemed. Mm-hmm. Supernaturally, And I know that's probably like the 12th time we've used that on this recording, but that's really how I operate is if it works, if it works, you can't knock it. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm playing this game called life and, and try to do the best that I can with it. And, and and knowing that as I'm playing my game, others are learning and pulling and drawing from my experiences. And I'm happy to share those. And that makes it even more fun when you have more people to play with.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting just, you know, kind of listening to what you're talking about. I'm reading a book right now by Michael Singer called The, the um, Surrender Experiment. And it's so interesting because in there, uh, Michael Singer went through this period of time where, you know, he was basically going into like deep zones of meditation and, and uh, you know, he was literally got <laughs> to a point where he didn't want to be around people. And I know that's not what you're saying when you're talking about, you know, your quiet time and looking internally and all that, but he got pretty deep and, and pretty far out there. But one of the things that he talks about in The Surrender Experiment and he goes on, I'm not even through the book yet, but it's such an amazing story. And he was talking about, he went through, he was basically talking about the voice in our head and how it's always just chattering, right? And it's always either talking about what we don't want or what we want. Like it's always, it's never it's never here. It's never present. It's always thinking about what we're not happy with and what we don't have or, or what we're not happy with because we want it. And it's just, it's a not, like he just talked about it being chatter. And one of the things that he said I'm going to stop trying to control everything and just, you know, surrender. And so he literally went on this experiment with to whatever is going to happen in life. He would basically say yes to, and it's just such an interesting process and story to see how that all evolved. I won't go into the weeds on it, but when you talk about supernatural, you know, a lot of people and just leaning into it and letting life happen, a lot of people would like, what the hell is Mike talking about? Well, what, what Michael Singer was talking about in the book is if we, if we try to control everything, then we could we'll miss out on things. Life knows better mm. than than ha- like most of the time what we could really design our lives for. but the reality is is we spend so much so much time trying to control it and mm. navigate it and control other people and Michael singer just his whole message is really just like. Just lean into it. We've we've said that a million. That's my word this year is lean into it, like internally intuition, Boom. lean into my intuition. That's like my whole theme for this year. And so I love the conversation we're having because the reality is um, it can sound crazy, but if we don't let life happen and we try to control everything, we're actually going to miss out on a lot of amazing things that we would never get to see. And I can look backwards and I can honestly say that some of my biggest successes in life, business um, family, uh, relationships, opportunities. I could have never, I could have never planned it out like this because my brain wasn't, Mm. my brain is not able to think big enough for what's actually, um, could happen to me if I just lean into it. The world actually wants amazing things for us.
1: No, absolutely. And, And I think, you know, sometimes no matter how successful you are, we sometimes do the uh, victory lap before the game's over and we we miss out you know sometimes we miss out to the point to where we don't hit the finish line we don't hit our potential we don't unlock that next level of amazingness because we we were satisfied with enough Mm. and and it's it's okay to be satisfied i'm not saying that i'm not saying you know um you know Earn a billion dollars and, and still want more. I'm not saying that. I'm, all I'm saying is that if you have so if you have more to offer, if you have more to do and accomplish, and if you're having fun doing it, then don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. You know, whether it's paying you a dollar or ten million dollars, it doesn't really matter. Just do what you love, yeah. and and if it's serving others as well, then boom, just call it charity. What call it whatever you want. And so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that um, you know don't let up you know, lean into it, mm-hmm. figure out what, what, what's more, you know, if I press through a little bit more, what does, what's that going to unlock? What's that going to do? And, but if, of course, if you, if you're hating it, then don't do it, you yeah. know, stop it yesterday. But if it's, if it's serving you, serving your tribe, you're having a good time, go for it. Yeah.
0: Go for it. I have a question for you. Okay. Um, and some people would say this is semantics, but, um, do you think you can be content and not satisfied? That's a good, so that that's, that's good. That's good. Cuz you said, and I'll let you think on that for a second and then answer. But, you know, you said uh I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you you know, it said not being satisfied and and I you kind of backpedaled a little bit there, you know, like saying that, you know, you're not you're not saying you got to have a billion dollars or whatever. But I've been pondering this lately and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Like, can I be content? Like fully content? yet not be satisfied with where I'm at?
1: I, th- I think I think it's the other way around. I think you could be satisfied and not content, and you're 100% right on how you preface this whole thing. It's It's all semantics. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it is it's okay to be comfortable. It's okay to be happy. Uh, but at what cost? are you robbing society of your gifts and talents because now you want to camp out in complacency? Mm. Um, you know, you, you have these gifts, you have these talents, you have these things on your heart to do and say, um, you know, are you going to ful- your, fulfill your commitment to your tribe, to your family, to those that need what you have to offer? Um, I think at that point in time that, you know, it's almost, uh, a, a sinful approach to, you know, one's existence if you're not going to finish the race, mm-hmm. finish what you started. Um, and I think those at those times of quote-unquote, you know, contentment or satisfaction, I think then, you know, you you have a... You have to be held accountable for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I believe that it's okay to... Be happy and to be able to celebrate where you're at where you're headed where you're going to have that sense of, of satisfaction but i think the, the contentment i think that's something that um can be a little misleading hmm. cool Love semantics it. yeah <laughs> uh,
0: i skipped a question what was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it
1: my greatest setback I think you know. It's, I think I think you you got these questions out of line on purpose because this really ties into it. I was just trying to convey a moment ago. You know, one one of the things where, where I was speaking from just a, a few moments ago is how we don't finish what we start, mm. and and that we we truly owe something to society, to our tribes, to our families, and to finish what we start and to mm. really pay it forward because you, you, you truly owe it, because you've taken something and now you need to grow it and, and pay it back you know tenfold, so to speak. So I think one of my, my major drawbacks, one of my issues, probably my, one of my biggest failures that I've had time and time and time again and something that I, I really bring up on a daily basis to me to hold me accountable to having a better standard Uh, for myself is that I limit, I stop when I'm just getting going. I will allow myself to get distracted and not follow through on something that I had committed to myself or, you know, maybe even not audibly, maybe subconsciously, but something that I had committed to my tribe, to my family, to my Employees, to my coworkers, to my clients, whatever the case may be, I had purpose, something in my heart, and I dropped the ball. I let it go. And so for me, you know, that's those are major setbacks because you, we don't know what could have come of those relationships, what could have happened for that person, what could happen for myself, whatever the case may be. So I think, um, you know, just um, not finishing something i start i think that's one of the things that's my major drawback but i i hold myself accountable to that i own that and i've learned from that and i think that's one of my driving forces today is just knowing having that you know on my resumes like yeah you gave up on that yeah you stopped on that yeah you thought about that and you didn't act on that and so Uh, for me, again, in the game of life, it's just one of the things where it's like, you know what, I'm not going to go down that road again. Mm -hmm. I know where it leads. Yeah. And so let's, let's stay on the, on the high road. It's a hard road, but it's, it's going to be the one that's going to be the most
0: rewarding. Nice. Just a little clarifying question. Is this, um, is this in all areas? Like, is it things you start in business? Is it family? What, um, is this just something like you're not a good finisher?
1: You know, you know, here's, here's the thing is, is, um, I'm a great finisher. Hmm. If I let myself. Okay. Um, you know, one, one of the, one of the things that uh, I take extremely seriously is, you know, being the best husband and father I possibly can be. And so for me, it's like, that's a non-negotiable. You're going to finish that race. Hmm. You're going to lay it all out in the field. You're, you're going to deliver on that. And then when it comes to business, I aspire to just have every client just a raving fan Mm -hmm. and every client just thinking that they're my only client and to have my employees see how I run myself, how I hold myself, how I run my business, how the standard I hold our our business to. And in that way, when I decide to take two or three weeks off, it, I, I don't worry about it because they already know how it goes, mm-hmm. the standard that we hold ourselves to. And if they decide to, to venture off on their own, that I showed them the way on how to do it the right way. So, you know, for me, I think I've I think I am finishing on the things that are are serving me, serving my tribe, serving my family, serving and not taking I think there's a lot of things that we invest our time, energy and money in that uh, don't deserve it. And so I'm happy to not finish those types of endeavors.
0: I like it. So you had mentioned earlier, um, I think it was the question. You were talking about dealing with the, the, the deep guilt. Give us some, I, I mean, give us some context there. Cause I mean, we all obviously deal with guilt. Um, some people probably more than others. So I don't know. I mean, are, are you like an ax murderer and hmm. you just have more guilt than other people or what? Like, give me some, cause that's obviously something that has really like shaped you is the way you deal. Like you, you learn to deal with deep guilt. And so I want to make sure that, you know, I don't wax over that because obviously you've learned to overcome deep guilt. And f- so for, um, I- I've never really dealt with a lot of deep guilt. I, you know, I had a shitty childhood and, you know, uh but I, I just always kind of kept my head above water. And I've been working with a coach lately that it's been so amazing because I thought we were going to unmine and unearth, like <laughs> just all this that I, you know, things that I hadn't dealt with and everything. And, you know, the, the only guilt, uh, you know, a lot of people would have these stories that they felt guilty and they thought it was their fault that their parents got a divorce or they thought it was their fault. I never experienced any of that. I just like. <laughs> I don't deal with a lot of guilt, and so I'm really curious, number one, if you think that that's something that it's just different personality types, or if you just um, just deal with things different. And then what's the outcome? Like how do you because this is what you said. You said that um, learning to deal with that deep guilt brought you, you know, to really being present and I think brought you to what your superpower is looking internally. And so I want to kind of unpackage that. Um, number one, what is the deep guilt? Why does it exist? And then number two, how do you how did you learn to work through that process?
1: Uh, that's a, that's a great question and a super deep question. I'm and I'm happy to to answer that. I think that's something that we can definitely pay for to others, and I think that's something that can add a lot of value to your tribe. And you know, it's I think it's great when when people you know can learn from others. And so you know, happy to to answer that question. For for me, the. The guilt comes in in a lot of different ways a lot of different fashions um you know we'll just kind of go chronologically you know when i was in my new career right out of college i was already married with two kids and so i did what i was shown to do and that's you know go out provide for the family do the most with with what you have and so i i went off and uh, became a workaholic and, you know, we, you know, added more kids to the mix. And all the while, I was not very visible, very present. Mm-hmm. I, I, and basically, I was just a, a weekend dad. You know, I was not very, very involved throughout the week. And so, you know, I just, you know, saved it for the weekend. And for me, I thought that was okay because that's what I was shown growing up. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that... uh unfortunately, you know, reared its ugly head is that, you know, when when faced with adversity, I didn't know how to handle it. And our foundation was not very strong. And so, you know, the the, the years, the time, the hours that I had, you know, invested into my career, even though it was financially rewarding, um, I hadn't used that same time and energy, that same purpose, intention to You know, keep my family strong, and so, um, you know, being a workaholic, while I thought it was serving my family, it was actually, you know, adding, you know, some poison to the overall chemistry of it, and then, unfortunately, in in 2003, um, you know, just had an extreme lapse of judgment and crossed the line and and cheated on my wife, Mm -hmm. and I. I totally messed up. You know, that's something that I was not taught. I was shown better. I knew better. Uh, That wasn't part of my belief system. That was something that I was anti. Um, But just, you know, with all of the uh, poison that I had allowed into my world, you know, not only being a workaholic and and not being visible and present with my family, but also um, drinking a little too much and not really having the, the right level of, of integrity on the people I was hanging out with. And so I think it was just a cocktail for, you know, that, that night to happen and it did. And so I, I couldn't live with the guilt. And as a matter of fact, as weird as it sounds, um, I didn't even admit what I did to, uh, my ex wife until after we were already divorced for probably about a year, maybe a year and a half.
0: Mm.
1: And one, one day we're just, hanging out talking and she asked me, she goes, well, you know, why'd you do it? And, and I shared it with her and she, she had already heard through the grapevines that, so she kind of already knew and she thought, kind of thought that that's what it was. And, you know, for me, that was, a uh, uh, an extreme healing moment because she forgave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course this is, you know, years after the fact, but you know, it happened. And, you know, for me, I, I, I didn't want to ever, be put in that situation again. That's come, like I said at the beginning of our conversation today. You know, you know, didn't want to get married again. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so until you know, I met my wife, and 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 it's just been pure magic. But you know, you fast forward to that moment, in 2009, where I met my wife, and at that time we were just friends. I I told her every bad thing I'd ever done in my lifetime, hmm. every bad experience I ever had, every lapse of judgment I had. Quite honestly, I was trying to scare her away. That way I didn't have to, you know, finish (laughs) the mission. But, um, you know, she loved me, accepted me for who I was, and it just gave us a a deeper relationship, deeper intimacy. And then when she gave me the privilege of of marrying her, I, I wanted to take care of that. And even though it hasn't always been easy being married to her, it's something that I, I work super hard at, something that I want to do, something that uh, I've honestly used my past mistakes, my past guilt, um, guilt that I've since let go and forgiven myself for. But still, just, it's my driving force to just have that extreme accountability each and every day at every moment. And... Um, you know, it's, it serves me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I share this story with others, um, it serves them. And, you know, it's kind of crazy how much adultery exists in our world. It's been there since the beginning of time. You can just go into the Bible, and, and it's, it's all throughout the Bible as well. So this isn't something new, but how much... People struggle with this mm-hmm. and how much, it, how often it holds them back from realizing a fr- even a fraction of who they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like it really, it's really crippling. Yeah. And so being able to just share my story with them and encourage them, um, you know, it's, it's something where I, even though I regret it ever happening, I uh, wish it didn't. Um, it's been able to really help a lot of people as well. So, you know, how did I handle it? I just owned it. Yeah. You know, and, and thankfully, you know, was forgiven for, for what I had done.
0: Yeah. And that, that clears up a lot for me in just tying your message back together. So I appreciate, I appreciate the vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable. I can't even say it. I appreciate you being vulnerable. Um, because I think that really solidifies everything that I heard today. Um, you know, when you were talking about the deep guilt that caused you to go on to be a better person, the way that you dealt with that was by just confronting it head on. And obviously that didn't happen immediately, but you deal with it head on and and took responsibility for it, which I think is your superpower now as I've gotten to know you. Uh, And this is everything that we talked about earlier. Like you just look at the world through the lens of what did Mike, what responsibility does Mike have in this? And so literally you took that guilt and you turned it into probably you know, one of the things that I really truly admire about you, um, you're not you're not projecting everything out into the world. I've never once heard you say, um, you know, this piece of shit or this happened because that person did X to me. And so that really comes full circle for me, and it's super valuable um, pulling that lesson together because it, you you were never saying that you were, you know, perfect. It was just a it was an evolutionary process, and and now it makes a lot of sense to me. One of the things that I was thinking as you were saying this. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this, um, just being a person who spends so much time looking introspect. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, it's, you know It was probably in the early 2000s that I first thought about it, but this came up several times over the last couple of weeks again. There's a scripture in the Bible, um, it, it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but it, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And when I look at everything that's going on in the world, and then just bringing this conversation back to what you're saying about looking internally and guilt and the struggle, I think what's happening. Um, number one, we're disconnected from God, whatever God is to you. I mean, just having a connection. I I get so sad when I hear somebody say they have no faith in anything, <laughs> like they're agnostic. I'm like, how do you get through life? Because I have to have like. I'm so thankful that I have faith in in something greater than myself because that's just really sad. But anyway, I'm going to set that aside. (laughs) Um, Don't really want to go down that rabbit hole right now in this conversation. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor. This is what I want to key in on. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think that the reason why there's so much hate in the world today and why we don't love our neighbor is because we have no love for
1: ourselves.
0: Like, And there's a circular thing there. And, you know, a lot of people would come and say that, you know, really it's about treating other people better and loving other people and whatever. But if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't truly love yourself and have a pure understanding of who you are and what you want out of life and have a love for yourself. And this might sound selfish initially coming out, but I can't fully love you if I don't love myself first. And that's what I see about, you know, with the man sitting across from me and when you're talking about guilt and then going through that process. And so for the people listening, you know, if you got guilt out there or you're not happy with who you are or whatever, look at what Mike's done. <laughs> like, look at that process and working through it. And I think that's really what's wrong in the world today is that we have, you know, the world does a good job of kicking our ass. We don't need to kick our own ass. And I think most people just, we beat ourselves up.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, that's well put for sure and i think that's someone that's something that you can put on replay on on a daily basis just to kind of just let that really sink in because you're 100% right you, you really can't know love and serve others if you don't know yourself you can't serve yourself and if you can't love yourself it's just like i was telling someone last night um, you need to serve your number one fan first mm-hmm. and he's like well who's my number one fan i'm like the guy in the mirror mm-hmm. I said because if you're not gonna be your own fan, I can't be your fan. Yeah. Why if you're not gonna follow yourself, why should I follow you? Yeah. And so I think that's the standard that we should really hold ourselves to. And and, and quite honestly, you know, um some of the mic talk that I've had with myself over the years and, and trying to overcome, you know, the 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 guilt, the mistakes, the issues, um, is just to say, you know. Are you going to stay in my way because I don't want to stay here? Mm. I want to move from this spot you know how do i how do I move forward and 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 that's just keeping it real with me, keeping it real with others um, No one likes to be lied to so don't lie mm. uh, don't pretend so, there's something that you're something that uh, that you're not and and just being able to just take extreme accountability for everything that you are, everything that you're doing. And the only way to really grow and move forward from the mistakes is to just be 100% transparent, authentic with others, especially those that you care the most about and and want to keep in your circle for whatever reason is just to stay true, stay transparent. Because the stuff that's inside that you don't want people to see, that helps you to identify Mm. like, ooh, I'm not wanting anyone to see that, then I probably should work on that. I didn't know that I had a stain there until I you know, started hanging out with, with Mike Ayala. So you know what? I should probably work on that because that's an issue. Mm. You know, maybe that was in my blind spot. Now I see it. So you know, let's work on that. And so it's just about extreme accountability and wanting to just serve others better, be a better person and have more fun with this life that we have for sure and as far as you know the, the faith thing and, and, and the God thing you know I, I, I get it um, you know there's, there's a lot of people that believe a lot of different things and, and I respect all of the above I really do Sure. Um, you know I, I, I have friends that believe in, 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 in different things and, and they're beautiful people inside and out and and I'm I'm so glad that they're in my world in my circle and, and they respect my beliefs as well and and we learn so much from each other we add so much value to each other's world so you know I, again you can't knock it if it works mm-hmm. so um they're they're uh, hopefully they're there for a long long time but I, I as far as for those that don't have you know um, something that they believe in yeah. Even if they're great people on the outside, I protect myself mm-hmm. and I protect my tribe and my family from, from people like that. Not because they're bad people, again, on the outside, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. But I question what's on the inside because it's kind of like what, where's your, what's your beacon? Yeah. What's your light? What are you aspiring towards? Where's your accountability? You know, what, you, what are you working towards? And so for me, there's no way to answer that question, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. So for me, I just want to just protect myself and others from, you know, from that type of influence, so to speak. You know, I'll have a beer with them, I'll have a drink, I'll have dinner with them, you know, we'll talk business, whatever, strategy, whatever, but at the same time, it's kind of like you got to keep a watchful eye. It's the same thing where, you know, if you have a a pedophile out there that um, is rehabbed and gave his life to God and is doing a lot of great and amazing things, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll have a beer with them, I'll have a meal with them, but I'm not going to have watch my kids. Yeah, You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. So it's just, you know, if if, if you're not um, all in with somebody or if you have some apprehensions towards some somebody or something, uh, do they belong in your circle, in your world? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's an easy answer. No, I don't have very much space. So I want to make sure that I'm protective and mindful of that space.
0: Yeah. So, Mike, you've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of positive things. That's uh, you know, you've alluded to it a couple of times through the show, but uh, I, I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to share whatever it is that you know, you want to share. It's been a great conversation. Um, you guys just recently moved, like you've been a mortgage guy, like a success. You've been in the mortgage industry f- since I met you. And, and I remember when I first met you, um, man, you were, you were, you were killing it then and you're killing it now. Um, you're really good at what you do, but you know, obviously you don't, you haven't even, you haven't even said what you do. And so that, you know, that's not even like a big part of, what you identify with, which I'm super impressed by. So, um, yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. What, what do you want? What do you want the audience to know?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I really don't uh, talk about myself all that much. Um,
0: you know, a... he's gonna start more, by the way, because he's got a lot to share and. And if we don't share it, who's gonna? Amen right, to that. No, you know, I, I uh, the mortgage
1: industry has been uh, an amazing blessing to, to me and, and my family and as as strange as it sounds, uh it's something that I I love too much. I mean really. Uh it got an industry in ninety seven and thought I was just gonna do it until I got an MBA. And I was going to take some, you know, Fortune 500 high level executive job and work up the corporate ladder. That was my goals. That was was my, what I was shooting for. And uh, after receiving my MBA in in 2001, um, was making the most money I'd ever made. It was easy. It was fun. And I said, you know what? Um, I can't leave right now. Mm -hmm. I was still in my mid twenties. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ride this wave until it crashes and there was no crashing, you know, even after my divorce in 2004 and I moved back to Arizona and I was starting brand new in a whole different marketplace, um, just hit the ground running. It came easy and it was fun. It never felt like work. And I always thought that, okay, well, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing cause I enjoy it and it doesn't feel like work. I'm gonna keep on doing this until it kicked me out of the industry. Then the market crashed in 2008, and I was kind of happy about it because I felt that I could go out and and get a real job. And so um, I thought, you know, once uh, I was starting to apply for jobs and look for a job, and and even if it was an entry-level position, I was okay to start at the bottom. We were in a recession at that time, and no one was hiring. And so I couldn't get a quote-unquote real job. And so uh, by default, uh, just was scraping the ball of the barrel in the mortgage industry just like every other mortgage professional at that time and thankfully in 2009 we had a, a breath of life that was breathed into the industry and um, you know the rest is history you know we continued on and you fast forward to today and uh, still loving what i do how i do it uh, one of the things i have been challenging myself to since 2015 is to uh, take Michael Gerber's book, the, um, E-myth. the E-Myth, take that to heart, put that into practice, and to uh, build a turnkey operation with how Mike Baltazar does things. Mm. And so that's something that I've been working on and working with um, over the years and um, slowly but surely perfecting that. I was able to take 18 months off and live on the road and away from the office with the family. So that's a story for another day, but it, it, it worked. Yeah, it had some kinks, it had some things that needed to be worked out, um, but it, uh, it was a great experience. And, you know, for me, as, you know, I'm getting ready to launch into, you know, the next phase of my young life, I still feel young. Yeah. Um, I, I want to um, stay in the industry as long as they'll have me. But I, I do want to start to explore some of the things that uh, God's put on my heart for a very long time. You know, since I was 17 years old, and um, and that's to you know be a motivational speaker, to get out there and, and coach, mentor, teach, and preach, and just uh, publicly speak to others and, and just impart everything that's been imparted to me over the years and just everything that we've talked about up to this point, just being able to just have fun doing that while serving others and just, um, you know, stepping into the stuff that maybe doesn't make sense, but it's perfect timing. Yeah. And, uh, I think this year so far, 2021 has been a, a, a huge testament to that and my wife and I and our kids are having an amazing time on this crazy ass adventure that we 're on right now yeah and it 's super cool. Um, the other thing that I would like to say to to your tribe um, because um, many of them may not know you the way I know you, and I think it's super important to know who we 're investing our time and energy in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the people out there that are like me, that are super stingy with their circle, their time and energy, what what I would say to them is, you know, I've known you for over 20 years now. Hmm. Um, I knew you before you became extremely successful. I know success is a relative term, but, you know, it was probably, I don't know, maybe... 10, 11 years ago, it might have been longer actually, where I, even though we didn't keep in touch because I moved away, you know, I, every now and then I would hear it through the grapevine of, of what you're up to and what you're doing and, and I was your number one cheerleader from afar just like, dude, go for it, man. Just do it. And you're just doing everything that you set out to do and then some. And then I heard you were starting to venture off into some, some other things that wasn't part of the business plan that we wrote that day and I'm like, all day. This guy's freestyling now. And then just seeing you just hit all these astronomical heights from my perspective, I'm like, fucking hey, this guy passed me. And so what was super cool was just being able to follow your rise and then to be able to reconnect, I believe it was in 2017, maybe 2016, where we reconnected. Mm And we kind of just recalibrated, like, "Hey, what's gone on?" And, and to re meet Mike and Kara, Ayala, and, and 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 your kids. And the one thing I want your tribe to know is that you're you are an amazing person. Back in the day, had a heart of gold, and. And I have stories for days of, of hard, concrete examples of that, just a selfless individual that's just always uh, serving and loving on others with, with actions and deeds. It's just phenomenal. But to, to fast forward you know, 20 years and you still have that same heart, you would never guess in a million years that, that the success didn't change you. That's fucking amazing that's rare that's a gift you know that 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 you've earned and and that's something that for me is something that I want to hold myself to is uh, to to maintain your integrity to maintain who you are don't let the success change you so that's phenomenal and so when I had the opportunity to uh, essentially tap into who you are and what you are and what your platform is for others. Um, I, I, I jumped right online. Like I, w- I want to buy into this. Yeah. I want to invest in this. And, um, and what's funny, and this is something I was thinking about on my drive up today, is that uh, what I've invested monetarily wise into your mentorship for me is more than what I paid for my college education. And I can honestly say with a hundred percent honesty is that what I've been able to extract from you is way more than what, My college education is serving me today. Hmm. I mean, the shit that you're putting out there is not next level. It's like next, next level stuff that people probably is going over their head and it's not resonating. And that's a shame. But I think for the right people, it's just this is exactly what I need to hear, even though it makes no sense and it's foreign to me. And and what I want to encourage your tribe with is just to just faith it Hmm. until you make it just believe that you're not just out there blowing smoke and just throwing stuff out there that isn't applicable. Just take it, run with it, apply it. Like it's just proven by science Mm -hmm. and, and and watch the magic unfold. And so for me, if you were ever to, I, I, for me, I feel like I'm getting the better end of the deal. You know what I've been, you know, what I'm investing into your mentorship is I'm getting the better than deal. And even if you doubled your price, I'd still pay it because I'm extracting so much value out of it. And, and you're throwing a lot of stuff out there, honestly, that for me is I can't fathom, comprehend. So I just faith it, apply it, and then just run with it too, because I know that it's going to serve me. It's going to serve my tribe. It's going to serve my family. So um, I'm super thankful that you're doing what you're doing, how you're doing it, that you're making yourself available to people, but especially to to me, to Britt, to my tribe, because um, we're definitely rising a lot faster than what we have been in the last five plus years. And it's, it's awesome. Wow. Well, and, and you did not pay me to say that. No, I, I swear on God's I, good name.
0: I, I sure didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I appreciate every every bit of that, um, and I, I know it's heartfelt. And yeah, I just thank you, and, and I, I can't thank you enough for our relationship. And, and uh, you know, Mike alluded to this a couple times, but um, and you guys have heard my story about starting my business in 2004, which I sold in 2014. Um, and I'll never forget going to Mike, and we were sitting at Dos Amigos, which was this little Mexican restaurant in Elko, Nevada. And you know, Mike was the wisest, um, most knowledgeable guy that I had in my life, and 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 just such a good, genuine person. I I came to you with this little, you know, baby. I'll never forget you telling me, too, this is your baby, right? And we're like having this conversation, and and uh, Mike helped me because you know I I'm a, I'm a plumber, right? I didn't even. So Mike helps me write a business plan, and that's what you were talking about, about the business plan that we wrote together. And, um, you know, this is the great thing. We were talking about, you know, the circles in life before we started recording and um, just getting back to the supernatural and leading into it and letting life happen. Like, who we couldn't have imagined that 20 years later we were going to be sitting here having this conversation, connected, and so... I just want to kind of leave it there. Um, thank you for helping me write the business plan and get me inspired, and um, you know, get get me going. And you know, Kara, my wife talks about this a lot. Um, even if you don't want to show up, even if you don't want to share your message, um, you got to quit being selfish. Because just like Mike, if Mike hadn't shown up twenty years ago. And hadn't helped me write the business plan and encouraged me. I was scared shitless then, right? I had no clue about <laughs> running a business. And so if Mike hadn't showed up then, everything that I've built on, and a lot of people might say, well, you know, somebody else. And the, No, that's bullshit. Like we have to show up because um, our, you know, our lives are intertwined. It and, really is. Yeah, and so, you know, if you're ever on the fence out there, like just show up because look at Mike showing up helped me you know, succeed and go where I needed to go. And and it brought our paths full circle again. And so
1: now, you know, we, we, you know, it's real popular. It's real cliche, you know, talking about paying it forward, pay it forward, pay it forward. And, you know, uh, what's funny is, you know, even though I paid it forward that day in 2003, 2004, whenever we had that that business planning meeting um, because of your your rise and, and where you're at and then just passing me up along the way when we reconnected, I'm like, Dude, I need to latch on, and and like I said, uh, you know, just what we've been able to achieve together um, over the last, you know, however long it's been, it's it's catapulted what we're doing. So for me, I paid it forward to me. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's good. It, it took, you know, I don't know, 15 plus years to, to start seeing, you know, the, the return on that. Not that I was expecting one, sure. but that's pretty badass when you can pay it forward to yourself, you know. So where I helped you become this badass, now you're helping me to level up and, and go to, to, to new levels myself. And so for me, that's cool. Yeah. That's super cool. That's like, you know, you couldn't have written a movie script that was believable. That's more cool than that. Yeah.
0: So good, man. Well, I um, I think we could probably record a hundred of these episodes, but we better probably better cut it off. It's a pretty good place to do it. So um, where can
1: people find you, Mike? You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I love having conversations. So, you know, let's start a conversation, you know, old school via email. My email address is Mike at Mike Shoot me an email. Tell me what's up. Tell me what's on your mind, what's on your heart. And, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of just go from there. But, um, you know, I'm stepping out and a lot of different things that, uh, um, I'm making room for in, in my life. And, and you know, my wife's right there with me, you know, doing this, building this together. So, you know, you should be able to expect to see a lot
0: more coming your way from the Baltasar tribe. Awesome.
1: And, uh, yeah, Mike,
0: the checks in the mail for all the nice things you said about (laughs) me, buddy.
1: No, thanks for the coffee, bro. That was plenty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. All right. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them